Good morning, and once again, happy Mother's Day to all the moms here. Thank you, Julie, for sharing your talents with us, and thank you, Father, for giving us your Son and leaving your Spirit till the work on earth is done. I want to invite you to take your Bibles or your through however you access the Scriptures. Let me just put it that way. And uh, Luke chapter 1, would like to begin reading in verse 26. I invite you to stand with me for the reading of the Scripture. Luke 1, 26 through verse 38. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David." And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived the son in her old age. Watch out, ladies. And she who was called barren is now in her six months, for nothing is impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the privilege we have of gathering here peacefully. We recognize some of the dynamics that is occurring in our land, even this very moment. We ask for your grace and mercy to abound. We ask for your kingdom to come and your will be done right here on earth in our land as it is in heaven. For our time, as we come now to this portion of our service where we reflect on your word, the living and active scripture, Holy Spirit, Teach us, illuminate us, guide us into truth. Take a familiar story and make it fresh and real to our hearts and minds. And may it lead to your kingdom expanding and your name being honored and glorified. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to assume that the text I just read is a familiar one, but one that we hear a lot usually in December, not in May. Even so, on this Mother's Day, I would like us to take a look at how this message is about a very special mother, but even more so a message that I believe is really meant for, I'll frame it this way, all who have ears to hear. Now, I want to say, I think I, I'm just going to go ahead and say and clarify this right up front. For us in the evangelical Protestant tradition, Hearing a sermon on Mother Mary that is not happening at Christmas time may go, oh, uh, where are we going with this? 
Some may feel a little uncomfortable because Christmas time is a natural time to talk about Mary and to refer to her and to think about her. Um, but beyond that, we really don't have any other conversation about Mary. Perhaps on Resurrection Sunday, as we ponder the events of the crucifixion and while Jesus was on the cross and he looks at John and commissions him to take care of her. But other than that, we really don't pay much attention to Mary. So I hope as we're going to focus on Mary for our time this morning, that um, I I hope you're not checking out already. Uh, I hope you're still with me. Because what is on my heart to share with us this morning, I'll say it this way, I think you will find it will be consistent with evangelical Protestant theology. So I hope I calm any fears. So in part, though, what that means is that I will not be advocating, because we do not advocate, we do not uh, affirm the Immaculate Conception. That is to say, we do not affirm that Mary was somehow miraculously free from the Adamic curse and thus protected from original sin. We don't affirm that because what we understand from Scripture, and I'm thinking of Romans 5 off the top of my head, that our depravity comes to each one of us through the seed of man. And since Mary had a biological father, that means the curse of Adam was passed onto her through him. So that is why we say, since she was born in Adam, to be born in Adam is to be born in sin. Now, to me, that's part of what makes all of this so miraculous. You have this young virgin woman, Mary, she's betrothed, we know the story, but we need to remember that she was a normal, fully human being like the rest of us, who was in need of God's mercy and grace like the rest of us and was chosen by God like the rest of us, but to be the one who the Holy Spirit would overshadow, conceive, and give birth to Jesus the Messiah. That is amazing. It is both wonderful, amazing miracle, but to me it's also encouraging because within all of that context is the good news, the gospel that we proclaim. So as we see, this all begins with a conversation in heaven between God and Gabriel. Gabriel is then sent to go to Mary and Joseph with a very precious announcement. And I personally really love the progression that we see that Luke lays out for there. God and Gabriel having a conversation in the heavenlies from God in heaven to planet Earth. But not just anywhere on planet Earth, to the region of Galilee. I mean, planet Earth, it's a rather big planet. But this speaks of a very particular location on the face of planet Earth. And even more specifically, Nazareth. But it even gets more specific. Gabriel goes to a town on planet Earth, but more directly, he knocks on the door and has a face-to-face conversation with Mary. So without really going any further, I want to encourage us to take a moment and just pause and let that in. Because what that is saying to us is God knows right where I live. You, not just Mary. It's not like God said, no, 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 Gabriel, when you go down, you got to go to planet Earth, not these other ones, and then you need to go to that area of Israel, and then within Israel, Galilee, and then this is the address, here's the direction, here, I'll send you the link to MapQuest. So you know, he knows, he knows our name, he knows where we live. You talk about getting personal. Well, as we continue on, this is actually going to get way more personal. So off goes Gabriel, 
coming to Mary. And He says, greetings or hailed favor one. Hail to you. Joy to you. Joy has come to you, Mary. Be full of joy. Mary, I have some really good news for you. So rejoice, you who are richly blessed. You are a favored one. And again, in verse 30, he says, Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. I find it very interesting that she's not like freaking out over the magnitude of an angel Gabriel standing in front of her. She's more perplexed about what he just said to her. I think I'd be going, You're, 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 you're. And then, excuse me for a minute, I need to change my clothes. And now, come, what were you going to tell me? Just. It's just interesting how it's almost like she's seen him before and have had conversations with him before. And now here he is again, but with this kind of more unique, one-of-a-kind greeting that I haven't heard from him before. Just something to think about. But what a precious word to have spoken over you. The word favor literally means to be accepted, to be graced. Mary, you are a graced one. So Mary, be full of joy and rejoice for grace, for love and acceptance from God is coming to you. And I want us to, just the flow of this again, that word is spoken before anything about becoming pregnant. Grace and favor, God's accepting you. God's receiving you. Oh, and you're going to get pregnant. Well, it's good. So just, think, just kind of, it's, it may be just a slight pause with our grammar and the period there, but why did she need to have grace come to her? Because like you and me, we like Mary need to have our sins forgiven. It is by grace that Mary, as well as you and me, experience new life. Grace came to Mary so she would then be qualified by God to receive the gift of life. And yes, a baby as well. As we also say in evangelical Protestant theology, we are saved by grace through faith. So Mary, will you open yourself up wide for the grace that is coming to you? Will you open yourself up wide for the grace that will come and live in you? What a word! But what is this grace? What is this gift that came to Mary that she, and I would quickly add, each and every one of us need to hear and believe and receive. Well, I'm already giving some hint to that, but let me put it this way. I see that there are four dynamics to this amazing grace that Gabriel is saying is coming to you, Mary. The first dynamic of this amazing grace is that God by His Spirit, is going to come alive inside of you. Jesus, the Son of God, is going to come alive inside of Mary. Verse 31, Mary, life from God will come to you. Just like a husband shares parts of his life and a wife shares a part of her life to form a brand new life, so God is going to share a part of his life and join with your life, Mary, and form a brand new life. I told you this was going to get way more personal. But wait, there is more. 
The second dynamic to this amazing grace is not only will the Son of God come alive in you, Mary, He's going to grow in you. He he is going to grow in you and you will bear a son. Bear means more than to just come to term. It means to carry, to endure the weight of. Mary, the life that will be planted in you will swell in you. It will stretch you. It will even cause blemishes as it grows in you. But Mary, the life of God is going to be planted in you and it will grow in you and you will bear it. That is, you will endure the weight of this new life in you along with other effects. As incredible as all that is, Mary, there is still some more dynamics to this amazing grace. So the Son of God is going to come alive in you. Then second, the Son of God is going to grow in you. Then the third dynamic, Mary, is that the Son of God and His life is going to come forth from you. And when He does, you will name Him Jesus. For He will save His people from their sins. Mary, isn't this incredible? But Mary, as dynamic as all of that is, there's just one more thing. Not only is the life of God going to be planted in you and grow in you and come from you, but forth and finally, the Son of God, as He comes forth from you, He is going to make a lasting impact on this world, the likes of which have never been seen before. In fact, His impact will last forever and ever. Wow, never had anyone give me that kind of word when I opened the front door before. Absolutely astonishing. And Mary, the reason why this life that is going to be planted in you and grow in you and come from you and change the world around you, the reason why this life is coming to you is because first and foremost, grace has come to you. Mary, You are a very unique, special, one-of-a-kind person fashioned in the image of God. But the one born in you, he will be great. Look again, verse 32 and 33. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Mary, that is what God is going to do in you and through you to impact the world around you. That is the grace coming to you. Okay, that's all well and nice and good, but today is Mother's Day and what on earth is the point? Well, it is this. I would like to offer us for our consideration this thought process. The historical record of the virgin birth and the incarnation of Jesus Christ is far more than just an accurate recording of facts. It is an accurate recording of the facts, but it is so much more. In fact, the amazing grace that came to Mary is the same amazing grace that since the time of Mary has come countless times again and again and again. What do I mean? I believe that Mary, the Blessed One, was not only the woman chosen by God to be the birth mother of Jesus, the Messiah, but she was also the first of a kind. And I believe Mary is the first of a kind in this way. Mary is the first 
kind. She is the first person who Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came alive inside of. Jesus came alive inside of Mary, but she was the first. And since that time, for as many as received him, Jesus has come alive inside of us too. Not in my womb. I don't have one. But Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, has come alive in me. A vital union has taken place. The Spirit of Jesus has joined with my spirit to take me from death to life. And now he has taken up residence within me. He has sealed my heart. And in that sense, all who have come to faith in Jesus Christ have participated in the same amazing grace and the same miraculous event that came to Mary, the mother of Jesus. By grace, through faith, Jesus Christ has taken his life and planted it inside of my heart, our heart. His spirit joining and uniting with my spirit, bringing me to life, bringing a new life that did not exist. And like the womb that swells, my heart has grown since that life came into me. I have grown, I have been stretched, I even have some scars. I'm not the same person in many respects. But catch this. This amazing grace is about Jesus coming alive in me and growing in me. But it's more than that. It's about the life of Jesus Christ coming from me and ultimately impacting the world around me. That is what happened in my life and it happens in the life of all who believe and receive this amazing grace. The gospel, amazing grace, is about Christ alive in me, growing in me, coming from me to impact those in the world around me. What happened to Mary in a very real physical and spiritual way happens to us in every person in a very real spiritual way who are among the redeemed. Peter said it this way, we are born of a righteous seed. In other words, the same amazing grace that occurred in Mary physically has been accomplished in us spiritually. It's just as real and just as necessary. And when the spirit of Jesus joins with our spirit and makes us alive, that is now when we declare, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives outside of me, still up in heaven, seated on the throne. No, Christ lives in me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. As the Apostle Paul would say, this is the mystery that's been hidden, but is now being revealed. So let's rejoice. Let's be full of joy. Christ in me. The glory of amazing grace is that Jesus the Messiah was born through Mary. But I believe it's more than that. The glory of amazing grace is that the same Jesus who came alive in Mary has come alive in you and me and all who are among the redeemed. But Mary was the first, and by the fruit of her womb we have been blessed. This is just, this is good news. This is wonderful. But let me just kind of go back through this once more. Because how does Christ come to me? I mean, again, I'm not Mary. I'm a guy. I don't have a womb. So how can I, how can anyone today experience the same amazing grace and receive the life of Christ within them? 
Now we've heard the answer. Again, it's by grace through faith, just like Mary. What do I mean? Look to the test. Look at verse 34 and 35. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. Mary's response to Gabriel's announcement implies an openness, a willingness. Yes, I want to cooperate with God. Yes, I am willing. But but Gabriel, how is this going to work? I'm still a virgin. I'm, in essence, not qualified. I'm not in a place to receive this gift of life within me. I mean, I'm betrothed, but we're not quite there yet. But here comes a wonderful truth, a profound truth of the gospel. Because Gabriel's response was fundamentally this. Mary, what you think is serving to disqualify you is the very thing that does qualify you. Because the life of Christ will come to you because you have found favor. The life of Christ will come and live in you because you found grace in the eyes of the Lord, not by your ability to perform. Not by your ability to do something to make that happen. It is all of God's grace that this life will come in you and grow in you and flow through you and touch the world around you. Mary, it's all a work of God. And it's all by his amazing grace. But Mary, you also need to know of his kingdom, there's no end. So Mary, understand the life of God will come to you by grace. And if by faith you receive him, if you consent, understand there's no turning back. Once you say yes, a whole new life, a whole new course will be set into motion. And understand, while you are receiving a gift, and while it's all of grace, there will be a price that you are going to pay for this. There's a cost involved. This will change you. And you will be stretched, and you will be scarred, but it's also going to lead to change in the world. But understand, Mary, once you say yes, there's no turning back. As Paul would later say, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. What a wonderful promise. For Mary, for us, when we accept the gift Though it will bring about dramatic life transformation, though it will cost me, though, though I may even face dark days, I will not be abandoned. I will not be left alone. What God has planted in me will grow. His life in me will grow and it will flow through me to impact the world around me. It will happen. Be encouraged. This is an exciting word. So again, how does this life of Christ come to me? By grace through faith. We've been seeing the grace, and in verse 38, we see the faith. Be it done to me according to your word. Gabriel, I've been listening. I hear what you're saying, and I want what you're offering. I, by faith, I consent I will cooperate. I believe and receive the gift of life, the gift of God in me. 
And I know, I hear you, I know that by receiving this gift, the course of my life is going to change. I don't know what that all means, what that will look like, how that's going to play out, but as best as I understand this word from you to me right now at this moment, yes, I receive him. Be it done to me according to your word. The result that was part of our call to worship this morning, verse 46, my soul exalts the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. The result, what what was her response? Mary broke out in worship. She sang a new song, praise and honor and glory to God. Why? Because new life came and took up residence within her. Her life was changed and transformed by God's amazing grace. She found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Life came to Mary as well as a baby. She embraced the grace. She accepted the new life. Hear the good news. Today, God is coming to each and every one of us and to everyone we see out our windows and in our neighborhoods and And he's offering his grace. He's offering to us his life. His grace is still as rich and full and abundant as it was at this moment for Mary. And he's calling out to each one of us. He's offering his grace. He's offering to plant his life in each of us. He's wanting to give us new life, a new life that will grow in us and flow from us and touch those all around us. The question is, will we receive him? Will we embrace him? Will we consent to let the the life of Christ in? And we just might find that it will give us a new song to sing. Perhaps like Mary, my soul exalts the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. He's had regard for my humble estate. I cannot think of any other way to honor moms this Mother's Day than to present to us the same amazing grace that was presented to Mother Mary. I can't think of no better way to honor Mary, to honor all moms, than to offer within the hearing, all who are in the hearing of my voice, the gift of Christ in you. In light of this amazing possibility of Christ alive in you, will you embrace the grace being offered to you today? Will you believe and receive? Will you consent? There's a Christian group called Selah, and they sing a song, Yet Not I, But Through Christ in Me. And a part of that song says this, What gift of grace is Jesus my Redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness, and freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. As we will get ready to participate around the communion table in just a moment, I want to encourage you to think about this line. Let's think about this line. There is no more for heaven now to give than what has already been given. Jesus 
himself. What more can heaven give us? That is what the communion elements remind us every time we partake of them. That he came, was born of the Virgin Mary. That he suffered and died. His body was broken. His blood was poured out. Rose again on the third day. Jesus himself, he is my joy. He is my righteousness. He is my freedom. He is my steadfast love. My deep and boundless peace. What more can heaven give? The only thing I can think of is this to give us one more opportunity to believe and receive. To give us one more opportunity to consent and let the life of Christ enter me and grow in me and come forth from me and transform the world around me. And again, right at this moment, for all in the hearing of my voice, opportunity is knocking. Let's pray. Jesus, my Redeemer, what, what more can heaven give? Jesus, you are our all-sufficient one. And you are giving to each of us right now an opportunity to receive amazing grace. It's not just about praying a prayer of salvation to get my ticket out of heaven, out of hell and into heaven. And if that's all that's ever been done is I prayed a prayer, signed a card, so I know I'm not going to hell and I'm going to, I got my ticket to heaven, then you've totally missed the amazing grace that is being offered to you. And so yet again, here's another opportunity. It's about letting the life of Christ in because I'm dead in my trespasses and sin. And only he, by his grace, can make me alive. And when he makes me alive, he takes up residence in my life. And when he takes up residence, there's no, no question. There's no wondering. So Lord Jesus, for everyone in the hearing of my voice, where, whose heart you have taken up residence in, I pray that by your spirit, you will just move in a fresh and mighty way, affirming that new life of Christ in them and how Christ will grow in them and come forth in them. For those who have just kind of gone through motions to get a ticket out of hell and into heaven, but don't really know and understand this is really about the life of Christ being planted in them. They have that opportunity right now to open their heart wide to you to let you plant that, your life in them to let that life grow and come forth and transform. Holy Spirit, you know each and every heart that's in this room and who is within the hearing of my voice. More than that, by your Spirit, do Holy Spirit work in the heart of each and every one of us as you know we need it. And do that work, again, for the advancement of the kingdom in the honor and glory of our Abba. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.